Seattle Seahawks, they do it. A walk-off win. Jason Myers, a field goal to win the game 29-26, to and the Seahawks are at 6-3. Hawks win! This team is annoying sometimes. This team does not do things pretty. But at the end of the day, somehow they're 6-3, and three and they keep getting it done, George. On the last play from 43 yards out for the second time this season, Myers with five field goals in a game. You know, if you were just to, like, guess, let's say someone didn't watch every game and we didn't have an actual record, right? Like, you know, like they say there was, like, a record reveal. There's no way watching this team you'd think they're 6-3. and three. Their record has not been conducive of what kind of team they've been. They've been more of a 500 team, so I think this team can only get better going forward, which is a great sign if you think about it because um, we've won most of the games we're supposed to win this year. And if you were, you know, I say this on every pod almost, if you went down the schedule and say this was win, this is lost, this is win, this is lost, we probably won all the games we're supposed to win. With the exception of the Rams. exception of the Rams game. And we've lost all the games we're supposed to lose. So we're on pace for the right record that we're supposed to be. So that's, I mean, you're going to get one of those wins that you're not supposed to win later on in the season anyway. You're listening to the Sports on Tap Seattle podcast. I'm Sammy, and with me as always is my older brother, George. Your favorite place to be a fan of Seattle sports. Now let's get this party started. Gino, are you ready? Are you ready? You're ready! Yeah, I mean, I would say the only con to that theory is that that four-game stretch we have coming up after the Rams game, we have the 49ers twice, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. If you're going based off of performance right now, those would all be four losses. But what you said is really important. I think it's something that a lot of Fairweather bandwagon fans don't like to hear, right? A lot of Seahawks fans love to jump off and they're like, oh, we, we got to, this team sucks. Bench Gino. I get it. We should be critical. Me and you were just were critical. We said this team's not doing things right. pretty. We would admit that Geno Smith is extremely reg- regressed until now. This until is his, the second half, actually. Yeah. Well, and this is his. Uh, Career high in passing yards today. Really? Uh, I did yeah. not know that. That's pretty impressive. Like the high 300s, two touchdowns, no picks. The good news is what you said, which is the Seahawks have an ability to win games even when they're not playing as good. And that usually means they have a chance to be better as the year goes rather than worse. And I think that's where I'm sitting at right now. I'm saying, man, we we almost blew this game again today, but we won. And we, you know... We we went to play teams like Carolina and uh, who was it else? The Giants. And we took care of business against right. the teams we're supposed to beat. We had a bad loss to the Rams. But then the Bengals game, if you convert a little bit in the red zone, we probably would have won that game. Yeah. That was one of those like we probably would have lost when you saw the beginning of his schedule. Yeah. We pulled it off. And then the game in Detroit, we pulled off a win. So this team finds a way... Some games, you know, I think the Detroit game could be a replacement for what happened against the Rams. It, it totally is. Um, so six and three feels about right where we are. Now, I think what you said is very important, and we'll talk about this game. I just wanted to preface it when we're talking about the team in general is as long as we can get a little bit better next week again and maybe play more like we did in the second half offensively and the defense do what they're doing, if we can go into that four-game stretch with the two San Francisco, one Eagles, one Cowboys, and you can go two and two in that stretch – you're going to be sitting at a place where you're at like an 80%, 90% chance to make the playoffs right. regardless. It's going to be really hard to go two and two in that stretch. Even if you go... Yeah, that was an if. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God, I mean, we're going to go into every game saying, let's win this game, right? We're not going to go... Even if they win the first one, we're going to say, let's win the second one. It's not going to be like, you know, we're not going to be happy with a loss, obviously. But my theory is here, like, let's just say you went one and three, right? 
and you take care of the Rams, let's say next week, you're seven and three. All of a sudden, you're eight and six heading into the final stretch of the season. That's a playoff team. And I know it doesn't sound good to lose three out of four against gauntlets of the NFC, but hey, you also might, we might also be clicking by then too. And we, like you said, hey, we could go two and two. Like, why not? Like, this team seems, like, and Pete Carroll coach team, I think, can go up against anyone and win on any Sunday. I, the only. I mean, like you said, we lost to the Bengals. We could have won that game. We lost to the Rams. That was a disaster. Our third loss, the Ravens were the only game where we were out of it from the start to the finish. And we went into the game understanding that this is one of, if not the hardest road game on our schedule. Right. Um, you could say San Francisco. I don't like to include the uh, division, division games. Yeah. That's an every year thing. I'm talking about an unfamiliar territory. Like, we're going to go play Lamar Jackson, who's unique in his own ways. And in Baltimore, um, with an offensive line that is still, I mean, we had a flip-flop between Stone Forthside and Jason Peters multiple times yeah. today. Uh, Peters was in 41-year-old offensive lineman for two quarters almost. We're still missing Abe Lucas, who will be back most likely next week or the one after once we start that tough four-game stretch. And all of a sudden, this was the first game, George, of the season outside of game one, obviously, when people got hurt, where we've had at least four out of our five starting offensive linemen. True. So come that four-game stretch, also, if you're sitting at six and three or seven and three, right, and then you get your full offensive line, I know people hate corny shit, but at the end of the day, there's a thing called momentum in football. There is. Pete Carroll is a good uh, preacher of positivity and all whatever goes into that. The Seahawks players will most likely buy into it, which they always totally do, agree. and they'll say, "Hey, we're healthy now. Nobody's out. Knock on wood. Hopefully, nobody else gets hurt, right? But nobody's out. We're doing good." And uh, we have a chance to go win these games. And that's what I see from this team. I'm not saying they're pretty. I'm not saying, do I stack them right now against the 49ers or Eagles or Cowboys? Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. But they get things done. And at the end of the day in sports, what do you want to do, right? You want to make the playoffs, and then we can be critical about the team because it's win or go home. Yeah, and for all those uh, people out there who are on the Pete Carroll can't evolve bandwagon. Yeah, he's evolving. He's evolving. He wore a hat today. He did. That was very. He odd wore a hat. If if you think Pete Carroll can't evolve at age seventy years old, he wore a hat, and this guy refuses to wear hats. So yeah. take that, take what you want with that information. But uh, Pete Carroll hat hat game is going to be one for the ages. It is. That was really weird to see, though. I don't know why he didn't wear the Chuck Knox hat during the throwback game. I, don't I know. know he wore a hat today. It was the Army hats, though, like the uh, Veterans Day hats. But they look cool. Uh, he looks weird in the hat, though, because I'm just not used to it. I want to talk about Geno Smith. Yes, so, we should. Um, a lot of the hate or a lot of the drama this week was give Drew Locke a chance. Now, I don't. I, we, we didn't talk about this. I made a YouTube video on our channel here on Seattle on Tap. You were out of town last week, so we didn't do a post-game pod, and we were pretty deflated at a 37-3 loss. Uh, there, let, me, let, me, <laughs> let, let me give you the recap of what the pod would have been on the 37-3. Fuck, game. fuck, fuck. That game was really bad. The Seahawks looked bad. On to next week. All right, that was the pod. Yeah, like I, I, I didn't want to talk about that game. Yeah, no one did. I talked about the Drew Locke, Drew Locke like uh, Geno Smith stuff on a video here on the channel, and one of the big things for me was do I understand the sentiment of some people would say, hey, we were down 30-3 to three in the fourth quarter to start the fourth last week. Can we at least put him in and see what he's got? Sure. But at the end of the day, that wouldn't have, no matter what he did in those 15 minutes, it wasn't going to warrant a benching for no. Geno Smith and all these different things. Um, I'm what sorry, players, so they always say, right, like the, the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy in the city. 
I mean, unless you have a good quarterback. No, but that's like, it's a saying, like the backup quarterback's all the most popular. I, I don't know that saying, but it, it makes sense. Every yeah. time a quarterback struggles, you want to see, oh, let's do something different or get a new guy. The, the next coach is always the most popular guy, too. I don't know if anyone <laughs> said that one. Because there's been a lot of fire in Pete Carroll. There's been a lot of fire Clint Hurt, the defensive coordinator. There's been a lot of Shane Waldron sucks. Geno Smith sucks. I've heard all those multiple times. DK Metcalf is a baby. Get him out. Who, by the way, dominated in the fourth quarter today. No unsportsmanlike conducts for two weeks straight. And one he's of his best it. games in a Seahawks uniform, yeah. in my opinion. No touchdowns, but just clutch jeans, making big plays. Yeah. You have Geno Smith in the Drew, like Julock situation. The way the offensive line is playing, our pass blocking mm-hmm. protection is one of the bottom ten in the NFL as of right now, if through nine or ten weeks, whatever it is. No quarterback seemed to be very successful in that. Russell Wilson for the last two years was not that good of a quarterback with the Seahawks right. when he had no offensive line. We just weren't playing very good. And at the end of the day, you can't blame that all on the quarterback. But you saw today, the pass protection was a little better against a Washington commander's uh, defensive line who traded away tra- Chase Young and Montez Sweat, which yeah. we got lucky that we caught him the week after that. And Geno Smith went out. Here was the stat. It is 367 passing yards, which is a career high. Two touchdowns and no picks. He didn't make any of those crazy mistakes. I don't even think we had one of those, oh, shit, he almost threw a bad right. pick. I don't think we had one. No, I mean, just the offense looks stagnant in the first half. So, I mean, you can put some blame on him for that. But the second half was almost flawless by Gino. Yeah. And when you say the first half was stagnant, I would like to mention we did end up with nine points off three straight field mm-hmm. goals. So they're getting down. The, the problem has been for the Seahawks team is getting downfield, right. obviously. Uh and capitalizing once you're in the red zone. Now, is it good that we could get to field goal range three times on a drive in, in three drives? Yes, but like you said, you want to see a team go past the field goal range and get into the end zone. But this team has been really struggling with the third down conversions. And that's, I think there was one point today we were like two for 12 on then one for nine in our last 10 wow. of them. Yeah. So one, third downs one, have been bad. One for 11, I think we were. Yeah. And so the third downs were bad. Which, but, by the way, is kind of a, I mean, it's a good stat, but it also they didn't count that we got a fourth down conversion part of the third down conversion. True. We still know? didn't convert on <laughs> yeah, third down. Yeah, I know. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it's, at the end of the day, they came out in the second half and by the third and fourth quarter, they started putting the ball in the end zone rather than just settling for field goals right. and it won us the game and geno smith had his career high in passing with no mistakes uh kenneth walker had an insanely great catch and run for a touchdown dk metcalf played great tyler lockett right. played with jackson smith and jigba did a lot early in the game and zach charbonnet mm-hmm. played great and the offensive line protected geno there were some times where you know he had a bad intentional grounding he didn't get the best time like you know had like half a second to right. throw the ball but then the day they got it done without those mistakes without yeah. bad sacks you know, we've seen Geno Smith take a couple bad sacks that you're holding the ball on too long or making a bad throw to get the ball out and throwing a pick. None of those happen. So today is a career high in passing yards and no mistakes and a win. There's, I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of fans are negative and they'll be like, well, you know, it was too close. We gave up this at the end. At the end of the day, this team's six and three. I, I don't care how it's done. We have a better record than the freaking Cincinnati Bengals. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, we have the same record as the San Francisco 49ers who everyone is like Super Bowl champs, Super Bowl contender, Super Bowl champs, NFC favorites along with the Eagles. And we have the same record as them in our division still to play them twice. I mean, only time will tell what we do in those two um, matchups. But in general, bro, like, come on. Like, this is where you want to be. Six and three. I guarantee you, you ask any Seahawk fan. 
before the season started through nine games, would you be six and three? Would you sign up? Everyone would sign up for that. There's not one person who would. I'm not saying that would be their ultimate. Of course, but there's not one person that wouldn't hop on the back. Yeah, wouldn't be like, oh yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, like oh, we have a very. We can go three and whatever. How many games we have? We can go like three and six or three and seven and make the playoffs still possibly. Like that's a good. That's a good fortune. Who would not sign up for that? I would. Um, Pete Carroll would. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like like you said, we're not. Three and six. We're six and three. So for all those that are extremely negative, is this team perfect? No. But guess what? We're also the fifth youngest team in football, George. Like, I don't think, maybe they would tell you this, but I know there's some people in that Seahawks building that probably know this is not a Super Bowl winning team, most likely. Now, you never know. Teams like the New York Giants have twice was the sixth seed, right? Or the last seed in the playoffs and won it. And people do that. So I'm not saying they have zero shot. But I don't necessarily think the Seahawks were looking at the season saying, like, this is the it's not all-in. A su- it's not a Super Bowl or bust yeah. season. Like, the 49ers are a Super Bowl or bust team, right? 100%. With Brock Purdy on a rookie the contract. The Eagles so. are Super Bowl and bust. Cowboys probably probably still. Super Bowl and bust. They're going to bust like They're going to bust. always do. But, uh, the Lions, they're not Super Bowl or bust, but they know this is one of their best opportunities. They're probably a little ahead of us in expectations in yeah. terms of, like, the future is now. We're yes. in, like we're still looking at the future. Like I know offense to Geno Smith because I love Geno and I love what he's doing. But we're like if we had an a absolute elite quarterback, um, give me a top four or five quarterback, and then if a, Joe Burrow throw Joe Burrow on the Seahawks team, we're Super Bowl champs. Yeah, or at least really close to it. Yeah, because uh, he has a bad offensive line too, and he yeah. still gets it done. But like I said, we have a better record than the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, at the end of the yeah. day, <laughs> like there are situations where you can you can be a Fans are complicated, right? I you've seen it on Twitter. I mean, and Twitter's not is an echo chamber, right? Yeah. So I'm not I'm not gonna say it's the live all or be all whatever. I'm even looking at YouTube videos. We post YouTube videos every week. The Seahawks lose, we're talking about like 900 or a thousand views on a video. Sometimes the Seahawks win, you can get up to 10,000 views. Yeah, because fans, fans love to hate on the team when it's when they lose. But at the end of the day, most. Actually, all but one Super Bowl champ in the history of football has lost games, right? Everyone's <laughs> lost games. Yeah, you're yeah. going to lose some football games. Honestly, um, I mean, Bill Belichick, who obviously is not being a good coach this year, but he's said it all the time, show me what my team looks like after Thanksgiving. He's yeah. always said that. Show me what it looks like after he, Thanksgiving. A.K.A. December and on. Yeah, December and on. Yeah. Because if we enter Thanksgiving with a we'll – be, and if we beat the Rams with a 7-3 and three record – if you enter seven and three, and then you just take care of business after Thanksgiving and get better, all of a sudden you're going to have a chance. But we'll have a chance to get home field in the playoffs. Not not fully, but like because the Eagles, I don't yeah, know, yeah. we'll catch them. But we could win the we division. Beat them, we're right there. Yeah. Too. So honestly, I can only take positives out of today. Sure, you can find negatives, like we let them get back into the game. You let them score the game. Um, tying touchdown. You Gino looked bad in the first half. The defense. Uh, has some holes and can't tackle very well. You can find those negatives, but I don't think today is a time for negatives. I think today is time for positives and building off those positives to see what this team can achieve throughout the rest of a regular season. That's and, how I look and at moving it. forward. I mean, yeah. I, I think like as when, I when know, you, sorry when you say moving forward, are you saying like after the in season? the future too? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, I, I just wanted to make sure I had. I I like to be realistic sometimes. Where like we just said, like we might not be a Super Bowl winner this year, but. There is a lot of good in last year, guys like Tariq Willen and Charles Cross mm-hmm. and Abe Lucas and Boye Mafe and even Geno Smith, who's our quarterback right now, and all these guys got a chance to get a taste of the playoffs, right? right? And if you do it again this year with this uh, this really good draft class we have, again, 
you're setting up for the future. I mean, when we drafted Russell Wilson, it took a playoff loss in a it's Atlanta. I'll never forget that. And mm-hmm. then the team got ready the next year to really start building. If we can guarantee ourselves a situation where we can get a mm-hmm. lot of our young guys to the playoffs, have an opportunity to compete, mm-hmm. learn what's going on. Now you never know in the playoffs. You 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 can go and Oops, we beat San Francisco and Philadelphia. Now we're in the NFC Championship game. It happens to a lot of teams. Hey, I mean, let me tell you yeah. something. We beat uh, San Francisco and Philadelphia. I think we're going to the Super Bowl, yeah. right? But, but no, it's a hypothetical. No, my I'm point just is how I would feel about yeah, it. Yeah. My, my, I meant in the playoffs. I'm not just talking about. Oh, okay. I thought you meant yeah. you can make the playoffs and just win two games and be like, "Whoa, we're we're in the NFC Championship." But my point more is that still at the end of the day, I'm still looking at what are we looking at for the future, right? Because you got young guys like Devin Witherspoon. You got a lot of young talent on this team that are new and really good. So it's all good. All these wins, all these these wins that have a little bit of drama at the end and little, you know, how do we pull it out? This is all really good for the future yeah, too. I was actually thinking about that during the game and I, I didn't even say anything to you, but my, my mic just died. So I'm going to... I'm just going to hold it here. Hold Go on ahead. yours. My thing is when we gave up that game-tying touchdown, I obviously didn't like it. But when we came back and scored after, I think that's the best thing you can happen to the team and Geno Smith, that Geno Smith was able to come drive the team down the field and actually get a game-winning touchdown or a game-winning field goal in uh, field goal position and the way DK Metcalf played and the, that drive in general, I think it did so much for the team's future and for the rest of the season. I, I really do. I think it's a season-defining – it could become a season-defining drive. Like, okay, we had all this adversity and we were able to come back and get the game-winning drive, which for a quarterback, for the offense, it brings a lot of confidence. It does. And and as we're saying, it's a confidence for this season and moving forward and, and confidence for everybody on the squad. And – that's what I love to see. I'm really happy that despite a a lot of teams could put their head down after giving up that touchdown, give up on the game. Uh, I know it's tied, but you know what I mean. It could deflate. We drove down the field. Gino, a couple bullets to DK Metcalf, a couple screen passes to uh, Zach Charbonnet. Go down, Who spike the ball. a hell of a game, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. I was going to bring him up. We get to a field goal range, knock it down, win the game. You're 6-3. and three. Tied with San Francisco still for first place. Going to play the Rams, who you already had a bad loss to. So if if the football gods exist, you should go in and win that game because you are a better football team. And we don't even know if it's going to be like Matt Stafford, if he's hurt, or Carson Wentz, or whoever's quarterback. Um, at the end of the day, they once again found a way, and they continue to do it. And this team is 6-3. and three, And we talk about that young talent, right? I wanted to bring up Zach Charbonnet because – one thing the Seahawks team is building future-wise is, and I was going to mention this. I'll let you talk about talk about it in a second. Is we do have flaws. You mentioned it. We give up big plays. Sometimes you give up this touchdown here or there. But one thing I've figured out is a lot of our young guys are big playmakers too. Zach Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker is in the second year. Damn, our offensive line a lot of second year guys. Boye Mafe, big play guy. We traded for Leonard Williams, big play guy. Uh, Witherspoon and Woolen. We have a lot of young guys. Jackson Smith and Jigba. DK Metcalf still only 25. Like, there's a lot of young talent that make big plays. And all these type of wins just fuels the confidence from not just this year, but we saw what happens when you have a lot of young talent that has high confidence. We saw it in 2012, 13, 14, 15, where you are competing for a Super Bowl for four or five straight years. Now, that's where it gets tricky with the Geno Smith situation because then he'll be in four or five years, he'll be like 40. And most likely not the quarterback. Probably not. But building this confidence for the young guys is really important. It's so good to see a guy like Zach Charbonnet, um, who weirdly is taking 
I feel like more snaps than Kenneth Walker. Yeah, even though Kenneth Walker had that 67 yard cut, touchdown catch, and he was still like, it was still the Zach Charbonnet show. Um, what, what did the announcer say? Like, oh, yeah. Well, I love a glass of Charbonnet after that, right? Yeah. So uh, we, are, we are not having a glass of Charbonnet tonight, but we are having a couple White Claws, uh, me and Sammy, right now. So shout out to Zach Charbonnet. Shout out to Pete Carroll for coaching a really nice game, especially there at the end. And shout out to the Seahawks just in general for pulling off a win when hey, they, we've said it. Everyone says it, Sammy. We never play a normal game. Still haven't, but six and three, and uh, let's go out and win this division. Let's do it. Yeah, I do think we have a chance to win the division, and that's where I'm uh, very excited about. I mean, at the end of the day, we have our issues, right? Like we said, but if you can win the division, isn't that like what the end goal is here? Like, the end goal is like look at the season, have a chance. Sorry, I'd not win the division have a chance to win the division by the end of the year is always what you're really looking to do. There are teams like we've seen the AFC South many times. They don't give a shit that they won the division with a nine and eight record. Right. What matters is they won the division. They get a home game um, a in the playoffs. Yeah. You get a, a, a NFC West champions banner. That'd be nice. All that matters right now to me is one that we're six and three and we're winning games. And two, like you said, is a chance to win a division. Like at the end of the day, if you can have a chance to win a division, you get a home game in the playoffs, which means automatically you have a pretty good chance of making a run. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. All right. We got some mic issues today, so we're just going to call that one, I think. Yeah, it's, call it's, it a game. it's my bad. I forgot to charge the mic. Yeah, it happens. We are uh, going to be back this week. We'll be talking the Rams game coming up, and uh, I can't wait. Let's get to 7-3. and three. If you're 7-3... and three, Man, you go two and two in those tough game stretches. You're at nine and five. Seven and three is better than a fifty-four percent winning percentage. And I know Jerry Depoto, who probably you know next door, fifty seventy percent gets you in the playoffs. So that's what they say. Well, it doesn't actually always, but I know Jerry Depoto thinks so. Mariners GM for those that aren't Mariners fans. Some people aren't Mariners fans. I know, but it's gotta be real. A lot, a lot of people might get the reference. Yeah, they will. But I try to throw out there. So people can Google Jerry Depoto Mariners, fifty-four percent, then they'll know. Check out our shirts. We have those too. SeattleOnTap.com, Sports on Tap Seattle Podcast. Find us everywhere at Seattle on Tap. On Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere. And uh SeattleOnTap.com to find everything that you'd like. Um, we'll be back soon, right, George? Yes, we will. And you know what we like to say. Thanks for stopping by. Thank y'all. Go Hawks.